You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth. So you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I'm your chunk. I'm Doge and is it just me or is it getting a little chunkier out there? (laughs) And I'm Carter. And when you bring me out, can you introduce me as Hunk? Ooh. And you've done it. You've introduced yourself. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you did it. Why? Um, I got some permanent ink on, on my body. Yeah, I see that. You've written Sharpie all over. You wrote damage, damage on, your on your forehead. forehead. Wow. That's uh, amazing. I have a... So it's actually movie influenced a uh-huh. lot. Um, my wife and I love to go to the movies. That's actually how our relationship started. I've shared before... That it was like, yeah, let's watch movies together, uh, get to know each other, let's talk about it after. All of hers were like pink and white spined Reese Witherspoon <laughs> uh, rom-coms, which <clears throat> introduced me to things like Mean Girls and Bridesmaids. Sure, and yeah. Really, really good movies. Some good stuff. Yes. And mine were like long, <clears throat> dark. I mean, it's, right. it's Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> it's uh, seven, like movies like that. Great date movies. Yeah, very much yeah. so. Um, but A24 is a production company movie production company that has a really, really cool font. They've also done some pretty cool movies like Extrahina. Gosh, I love that movie. They did, I mean, most recently Midsummer. They did Lady Bird, movies like that. They have kind of an indie vibe. Yeah, indie vibe. And so I wanted to find this font, found a friend to help me make it. And that's what I did. So that's on, it kind of represents my wall. And the stuff we like to do. It's a tattoo, by the way. It's not not Sharpie. We were joking. It's definitely a tattoo. (laughs) Um, And it's cool that it covers mostly your entire face. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really bold to put all your eggs in that kind of Well, it's also bold, too, because my name is Carter, Uh as I said not too long ago. And it's a C. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Also, my favorite football team is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Seahawks. Carson Wentz is their quarterback. So it's like C for Carson. Mm. but And Carter... And, and well, Chunk. We've said before cinema. that. So Carter Willis, Carson Wentz sounds like someone who got hit over the head trying to say my name. Right, yeah. <laughs> Carson Wentz. <laughs> Who's the other guy on that podcast? Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. That was, your face just then was Bobby Moynihan's drunk uncle character from <laughs> SNL through and through. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do that again. It was very good. Thank you. Hey, um, are we talking about a movie on this one? Usually, I most think weeks. we are. Okay, I'd love to do that. And okay. Okay. If, if I may... 
I have a suggestion for which movie. Oh, yeah, let me hear I'm it. Down. I think we should talk about Joker. Joker. Good thing for I a, saw it. For, yeah. a, for a part of me, I was like, the? Is it the? It's not. It's not. It's A. A Joker. A Joker. It's just and, one of them. And Joker. And Joker. And Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Grammar. Oh, man. And this movie deserves a synopsis. Is there anybody here that would like to... Anyone? Me. Hey, anyone? Oh. Hey. Hey. You in the back with the doge. Yeah. Can you synopsis it? Yep. This week's synopsis was written by Warner Brothers. <laughs> uh, Who are they? The brothers that made this movie. The Brothers Warner. The Brothers Warner. <laughs> the Brothers Warner, right. A gritty character study of Arthur Fleck, a man disregarded by society. So they really just phoned it in with that one. They made this long, yeah, and loud wow. movie, and they were like, that's enough work for us. How about 10 words? Uh Wow. Yeah, there it is. is the story Same of words. Arthur Fleck, a man disregarded by society. This is the story of Arthur Fleck, a man disregarded <laughs> by society. Yeah, crushed it. And he did drown the whole world. He did. So before we jump into this movie, I want to take a brief aside. There's a couple things. That's the brief aside. Yeah. You're effect. probably wondering how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. The the say by the bell timeout thing. Yeah, I'm doing a timeout. So I want to address a couple things up front before we jump in. Yeah. Number one, Todd Phillips is apparently a grade A bona fide turd. Bad Big guy. old trash can boy. Yeah, I guess um, somebody was like... This is the director of the movie. Right, yeah. Yes. Apparently somebody was like, hey, what's your deal? I don't really know how it started, but... They're like, why don't you make more comedies? Oh, is that it? Yeah. Yeah, and he basically was just like... Um, everyone gets offended by everything, and it, it's hard because I want to make mean jokes about people that degrade and humiliate them, but everybody gets so offended, and comedy's only mean, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, nope. dude, no, you missed it completely. Yeah. The funniest people that I know do not have to be at the expense of other Absolutely. people. Absolutely. And, and it's not that everybody gets offended now. It's just you have accountability. You can't just say whatever you want right. now. That is the difference. And and yeah. I find that the people that are like, oh, so you're saying that I can't just do this thing with no consequences anymore? It's like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Welcome to the future. Absolutely. It's better in that way. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not doing sketchy things, no need to be afraid of it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, uh, so spoilers, I do think that worldview of his kind of it permeates spoils, this movie. Spoils, spills into this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do agree we'll with that. We'll talk about that more later. Um, but then the other thing, and this this is a little more serious, but um, th- this is a pretty intense movie. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on here. And before we jump in and before we just open up the floodgates of discussion on this, I want to say that I'm a little bothered and... I know that you can't make a Joker movie without it being in some ways this. I'm a little bothered by it's dangerous to me in this current world climate to paint a lone madman as a hero in any way. Absolutely. Um, The fact that, I mean, yes, there was increased police presence at the theaters. We had several cops at the Alamo draft. I mean, like in that stuff, it, it stems from a few things. It stems from Aurora, I mean, specifically Joker stuff and like all of that. But the fact of the matter is, it, it's just when it comes to being responsible and accountable for the things that you make, this was a dangerous choice. Yeah. And I don't think that this movie is glorifying terrorism. No. I think that the intent is to paint Arthur as a true, like, 
sick individual. Yeah, it feels yeah. like American Psycho. Right. Yes. It's not, but this has been. There's been movies like this for absolutely. I completely years. agree, and I think it's just it had this one had all the right ingredients to be particularly frightening because it was directly related to someone coming in and shooting up a, a movie theater right during another Joker. Right. Well, and because it's the Joker, because like with American Psycho, it's not like you can't you couldn't before the movie came out you couldn't go buy an American Psycho T-shirt at Hot Topic and wear it to the premiere. Right, right. Like this is an established character yeah. and IP that people have loyalty to, and so this is inherently a little more mainstream than something. Like American Psycho. Yeah. Sure. But yeah. And so obviously we're going to talk about this movie and I don't think that it being a dangerous, potentially kind of like murky movie to make, I don't think that that necessarily diminishes this as a movie right. on its own merit. But I just wanted to get out there and say it did make me a little uncomfortable, I think. Yeah. I, I was feeling that too during our showing last night. And uh, as much as I try to turn off my podcast brain and enjoy a movie, there is always that part of me that's like, man, how am I going to talk about this? And I do want to say that this is a movie that is really kind of not on brand for us. Like this is not typically the kind of thing that we would spend an hour talking about and expect people to like come along with us on. And so yeah. I would I would <clears throat> just say like if you haven't seen this movie, it's out there, it exists. Be wise. Like if you choose to consume this movie, thoughtfully do so. Yeah. I think that's fair. So, without further ado, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's uh, do it. Let's do it. So <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> um, we open on the dressing room of a clown rental company, which yeah. is a pretty bonkers idea yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Um, and we see Arthur in the mirror, putting on his makeup, crying, kind of freaking out a little bit. Doing and his frown and his smile with yeah. his hands. And then he immediately gets jumped by some street youths. Yep. Gets his sign taken. Gotham's just trash. A roving though, pack sure. of youths. No right. surprise here. Yeah. The, yeah. There is certainly a craziness to Gotham in every like DC movie that involves it. Mm-hmm. This is one of the bleakest looks at Gotham I think we've yeah. gotten. Yeah. And it's a little more uh, giving us a semi realistic cityscape. I missed having the actual Gothic. Like architecture yeah. that we yeah. usually find in Gotham. Yeah, this is a, a really more New York gargoyles a, and stuff like that. Really I've always Gotham. loved that vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which even Nolan did mm-hmm. in his version, even though it was a more futuristic look at Gotham. His, his was a little Chicagoy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Which I've always felt like Gotham was that more than New York to me. Well, a lot of the Christopher Nolan movies were shot, shot in, in Chicago, Chicago, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. His was a little too recognizably Chicago. For, I, I like this a lot as a cinematic like. What as we had in this one. setting. Yeah, I yeah. love yeah. how tall the city felt. Uh-huh. Like it felt like you the hardly city ever was just saw the tops of buildings. Impressive. Yeah. Just looming overhead. And I really liked that. I look. like it too. That was super cool. And I think it, it sort of set the tone for I mean, this movie felt really claustrophobic to me at times, like mm-hmm. personally and physically. Yeah. Um, with the imposing buildings and there's a lot of confined spaces, but mm-hmm. also like Arthur clearly feels trapped and kind of has machinist vibes too, if you've ever seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Also with the gauntness of our, our uh, leading yeah. actor. Yeah, Joaquin is skinny. He's skinny. His physicality in this role is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, physically, just as far as like mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe the closest to an animated series Joker we've ever gotten on I would screen. say that. I thought that. Yeah. Just as far as like yeah. the flowy dancing and the way yeah. he like runs so like wobbly. Well, That's the only he, word I could think of. I th- it, it feels like he decided I'm going to only run on the flats of my feet. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, and as if every, he always has clown shoes on. Every shoe <laughs> sounded like clown shoes yeah. just slapping the pavement. Yeah, as he ran. little was, things like that I really do. And and I'm gonna say, like I'll go ahead and super pump, but it's it's Joaquin Phoenix. Sure, I think yeah. I think what he's That's done. My super pump. Yeah, well. mine is also Joaquin. I, Phoenix. Hey, <laughs> super duper pump. Super duper pump. And it was pretty easy. Um, I do think I know he will be nominated for an Oscar, this could be his first win. Remember, he's never won. We learned that in Gladiator. Right, yeah. Um, it could be his first win, and I think I'm okay with that. Um, but, yeah, the little thing, like how you run and stuff, like that that would be my favorite thing to do as an actor. We talked about Jake Gyllenhaal always does some kind of facial tick. idiosyncrasies. And yeah. so kind of seeing that with, and didn't it seem, and this might be inappropriate, but I couldn't help but think his actual facial scar fit this character. No, I agree. Yeah. Like really well. And I know that's not why they cast him. No, but yeah. it it worked. But yeah. But So his run, all I could think every time he ran was it looks like he is trying to run with a very heavy backpack on. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. He's always late to class. Yeah, that's right. great. Yeah. And well, it's just his like, arms are up. I guess I'm watching a lot of anime, Adam and I are, <laughs> yeah. because he's my real friend. <laughs> um, like running like arms up in the air. Ho. Knocked over my coffee, but we good. We good. There's a Crumb lid, and kettle, baby. great lids. Great lids. Great I've lids. always said that about them. Go to Crumb and Kettle for all your lid needs. They got the coolest lids in town, man. Man, I'm Crumb and Kettle you. is lid. Gross. So I, I think it would be a mistake to try and talk about this movie in any sort of linear fashion. Yeah. Just because this movie is at drawn its core. Out. Well, it's very long. It's very drawn mm-hmm. out. But at its core, this is a movie about descent into madness. And yeah. so it just gets more and more bonkers sort of as things go. Mm-hmm. So I want to spend a little time talking about delusion and the role that delusion plays in this movie because we talked a little bit a little bit about the danger of idealizing this character in any way. Sure. I think delusion is the antidote to that and understanding how deluded he is is important. Yeah. I might be more on the side of uh, no matter how awful the director is as a person, it did feel more to me. I think what makes it tough and makes it it and makes it a little scarier is yes, all the all the memorabilia. Like there's, you can get Joker merch like nobody's business, sure. right? And walk in there and paint your face, Walking and all, and there. then you have this weird like Twilight Zone of like a black mirror of like, oh, are some of the people in this theater the ones dancing around the cop car at the end? Yeah, you know things like that. It's like, oh, they love Joker too, right? But. Um, I think he does enough to be like, this is a bad dude. Like, I, I, I think I agree with that. We we very quickly are introduced to the depth of... It starts out feeling like just very intense daydreaming. Yeah. But we very quickly learn that Arthur's delusions go a lot deeper than that. Yeah. And this was filmed well, I think. Yeah, I and agree. It almost it, it felt like when we got that really deep stringed instruments, uh-huh. like of the actual soundtrack... The score, like those were, that was letting us know that he was, this yeah. was his delusion. So I feel like every time that played, it was not real. So like what was I think happening. we didn't lean into the delusion enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, interesting. And, and what I mean by that is actually my super dump for this movie is that because his delusion only extends so far, by the end of the movie, Joker is right that there is no such thing as a good person. Uh, yeah. And for me, like, I I just fundamentally disagree with that. I can't really stomach that being the message of this movie because why? Like, why do we need that message? 
Hmm. What good does that do anybody? Yeah. But but I think like for this movie to work, we have a descent into madness. And so we have to have some kind of reference point of like, this is a good person. Yeah. So this is kind of long. Go with me. We're really, really intent on shoehorning the Waynes into this movie. Sure. Uh, and I, I personally don't think they belong in this movie. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that later. Uh, if we want to shoehorn in a comic character, let's have a young police captain named Jim Gordon. Yeah. And he knows Arthur killed these guys at the beginning of the movie. He knows. Because you had a really easy chance to just insert a young Gordon. Absolutely. This is Jim Gordon. Simple. Jim Gordon yeah. is a rookie on the GCPD scene. He's, I almost thought we were going to get that with too. the younger guy. But like we have somebody there, a POV character who's from outside of Gotham and they haven't been corrupted by the city. And they're like, no. I'm a good person, and I know that if I send you to jail for killing these guys, they're going to kill you in prison. Like, you are not going to survive, and you are sick. And in some ways, you can't be held responsible for this because you don't understand what you've done. And so I want to help you. And the whole movie, we see that person trying to help them, whether that's him, whether that's the girl who lives in his apartment. Or if it has to be the Waynes, let Thomas Wayne let be that Thomas Wayne be that person. But there has to be somebody good, and we have to lean into the Joker's delusion yeah. of— you are not good. You're just trying to hurt me. Sure. And we have to, as an audience, see that it's his delusion that he's choosing his own self-imposed isolation. Right. Yeah. Society hasn't rejected him. He's rejected the people who are trying to help him. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the way that we tell this story without it turning into accidentally glorifying a guy who feels isolated and then commits horrible violence as a result to get back at people. I completely agree. And on top of that, so here's, here's a couple of things here. I think... With that story that you've laid out, let's say it's Jim Gordon, we then get the almost like catharsis of being able to see Jim standing and holding civilians back while he watches Joker on top of this burning car and he goes, I yeah. guess I failed him. Yeah. And we get to watch that pain. Yeah. And But then also, let me posit this, we have the perfect actor in this movie already to play a much bigger role and he was completely wasted and that actor is Shea Wiggum mm -hmm. who plays the short-haired, skinnier cop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's incredible. Yeah. yeah. He is such a good actor. Yeah, he's great. Could have been a great young Jim Gordon. Absolutely. And instead, he just asks like five questions and then runs through a train. Well, and to, like my, and I guess that's the thing. Like, spoilers, if you can't tell, I really didn't care for this. I think it's well done. I just didn't, like, I probably won't watch it again. But I think that's my thing with this movie is that, like, if the Joker's right, and the movie certainly paints it as if he is, like, there's not a good person in Gotham. Sure. Uh, because the Joker's right, in this version of Gotham, we can never tell a Batman story. Right. And we're so intent on teasing that we can never tell a Batman story. Jim Gordon can't exist. There is no such thing. Harvey Dent starts as Two-Face in this world because there is no such thing as a good person. And so there is no hope in Gotham. Yeah. I think the moment that the camera seemed to be Arthur's point of view on the world, the narrative, all of it, his point of view, I thought... We are only in his head this whole movie. Oh, interesting. So to okay. me, yeah, there's good people, and it's and it and I think there was to me there was a assumed delusion that it's all bad. Yes, honestly. Okay. Um, yeah. I think I could have done with more of that. I could have done think, with like I get it too. This was an exhausting movie. Yes, it was a lot. Um, yeah, and I don't think it needed to be as exhausting. I've seen I've seen many exhausting. Some of the best made movies ever are pretty exhausting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this definitely felt a and. I mean, the casting of De Niro felt like an homage to a movie just like this that was mm -hmm. made in the 70s, Taxi Driver. Right. Yes. Yep. It's the same thing. This is a crazy guy right. who lives in New York City 
and is probably got some mental stuff going on and he's just kind of ignored and on his own, he's like getting attention now, you know? And, and it felt like, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like, did you like Nightcrawler? How different is that from this movie? Nightcrawler has good people. I think he's surrounded by people that act as a foil to him. Maybe they're not objectively good, yeah. but they can act as a foil yeah. to Jake Gyllenhaal's character in that movie. Okay. Uh, things like uh, Risa Med's character. I forgot his name. But he the whole time is like, hey, we shouldn't be doing this. Like, I'm not okay with this. And we don't get a foil for Joker. I, I, I think, personally, I think Joker doesn't work without Batman. I don't mm. think Joker works I without a foil. I completely agree with you. That's interesting, yeah. Um, that was missing, for sure. I, I think that if you want to paint the idea that there is no good person, that's fine as long as the answer to that is, but these no good people can choose goodness. Because yes. that's Batman's whole thing, is, is we're all just living in the gray area and yeah. some of us have to sprint as hard as we can towards the light because we are very drawn to the dark. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And yeah, it, and maybe it's just, I've, I've said this recently to the curse of knowledge with the comics and just like understanding the dynamic there. But this, so my, my super dump for this movie is that it didn't need to be the Joker. Yeah. This, this could have been a movie about a guy yeah. who felt rejected and led some sort of accidental revolution. Yeah. Um, this is a movie called Happy Taxi Face. Driver. Yeah. Right. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's it, like this, this movie did it's not a remake. This, this feels like there was a script made for a movie and DC bought it and tied it to the Joker. They finally got to make their super grim and grumpy movie. They've been dying for since the dark Knight. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I guess my thing is more just along the lines of there was enough Joker present to feel like a Joker movie, but it, there was not enough Joker related story to feel like this has to be told as right. the Joker. Right. Yeah. And so it just, it, there were many moments in this movie where it lost a lot of its shine to me Yeah, because I was just like, this, I mean, cool, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I, I have never had an understanding of the Joker as a guy that stumbled into being some sort of like cultic leader. Yeah. And so that was a little like left fieldy for me. Sure. And I have a big problem too with this movie in the way that like, if it's a if it's not the Joker, if it's a, a independent feature called Happy Face or the Clown Who Cries or whatever, you know what I mean? Like just some kind sure. of like if it's not Joker, then we're building a character that we feel sorry for, and we're building a character to be pitied. Honestly, that's a great point. I was and trying if, to think of a way to say if that. it's the <clears throat> Joker, then we're building a character that we necessarily vilify, right? Because he's the villain in a lot of our most famous stories. Yeah. Like if we, if we culturally, um, comic books have been called American mythology, right? So he is one of our mythic villains that we all as a culture recognize this guy represents chaos and lawlessness and yeah. things that are wrong. And his counterpoint, Batman, represents order and justice and things that are good. Yeah. And so we are necessarily vilifying a type of mental illness and delusion that I don't feel like has any place being vilified. Yeah, that's, so that's my super dump is that mental illness was like vilified. Yeah. Um, I've had a like special place in my heart for there's just yes. all this stuff that just fascinates me as being fascinated by communication. And then also just, I love people and I just love knowing more about people. And um, 
there, there was a vilification too, but then it also it kind of does go back to, well, this wasn't funded anymore. They were just kind of giving him his medication. Like it, it was mental illness not being treated as it should, yeah. like not being cared for as it should. Sure. But, but ultimately, yeah, th- that was, and I'm sure it pops up in other characters that, you know, that I love or something like that. But just for this one too, there's just something about, I was trying to think of a way to say it, but like the fact that we're making this movie a Joker movie in a way to me was like, because it could have been anybody. It's Joaquin Phoenix playing anybody. Right. Yeah. It makes me think of, and that's just because we got out of Shiver Me September's. <laughs> like why would, we talked about like, why was Orlando Bloom Will Turner? It was like, do, do you want to see Legolas on the high seas? Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, that wasn't even, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. And it, it, it feels like them calling it a Joker movie is a money grab more, that, that, more than anything. That's what I'm saying. It feels like DC saw a script that they like bought it and said, yeah, the Joker can do this. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it I think, and this is, this is murky, but I think a lot of the danger here comes from like, he ended up not being his, he ended up not being his own victim or the victim of his delusions, but making everybody else the victim of those delusions. Here's the thing. I think the story was more about and this is what made it a little more poignant and made me like it more, honestly, is because, it, yes, Joker is like the figurehead right here, but I think this is a lot more about influence and groupthink. And I think so, too. And the fact that we have, and I know we're jumping all over the place, the fact that it's way not, it, and maybe it is, this is more to the comic book than I know, but that the Joker didn't actually kill his parents. It was just somebody who follows the Joker, kills the Waynes. Like, to me, that points out is actually the villain is everybody sure. else, the follower. Yeah. Like, he is not a big deal if no one puts that mask on. I want to save, I have a lot to say about the Joker and the integration of him into the Wayne's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to save that for the but second half yeah. of the episode. But that's yeah, what I want to say, too, is like, too. a lot of this felt to me like people, a lot of people just kind of wanting to jump on board to something just to take a to go outside and have a smoke break. Like yeah. this was a violent smoke break. Yeah. It was like, I need to get out of here. Nicotine's not allowed in this building. I'm going to open the door and smoke a couple out here right. with yeah. my friends. Right. It was like, well, crime's not allowed in this building. So oh, I'll look, he's mask. smoking. I'm going to put, I'm going to put a cigarette in my mouth too. And I, just yeah, I, I agree not with take you. care of myself. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I, I just, it, it was just a very interesting. So when we talk about, uh, Todd Phillips kind of being a turd burglar. Um, <laughs> I felt gross during the scene where Arthur was on the bus and he's trying to make the kid laugh and the mom turns around and is like, stop talking to my kid. And it's like, eh, that's where you lose me, Todd. Because yeah. it is so clear to me that in Todd's world, you can't be kind and fun anymore because people are just looking to get offended. Is that is that Todd's world or Gotham? Is Gotham not ever portrayed this way? I've never To where seen everybody it. just feels like they're against each other? No? Against each other, yes, but that felt very pointed at, I just am trying to be so fun and nice and nobody will let me do it anymore mm. because they're they're so guarded. Everybody's awful. Yeah. So that is, I mean, that is traditionally part of the portrayal of Gotham, though, right? Like, it is a it is a city in which it sucks to live. It is on the verge. Yes, but that there, is. But there are beacons of hope in the city that are drowned out because they're not visible, because they're outnumbered. And so what Batman says is, hey, I'm a magnet for those people. I do this in a really big way so that the people who are doing this in a small way can see me and understand I can keep doing it. Which the, this goes back to the Gordon fix, right? That's all yeah. we needed. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Which I just really have Commissioner think, Gordon in this movie. I really think I would have loved this Instead movie. Instead of the Waynes. 
Maybe if, say it once. Show, go ahead and show he's running for mayor. Yeah. Sure. I don't want to pitter-patter around talking about the Wayne integration into this movie, so instead, let's jump into shout announcements and we'll come out swinging on the other side. Let's do Got it. it. It's time. Welcome to Shout Announcements, the part of the show where we make shout-outs and give announcements. I was 100% expecting Squinty. I don't know why. I, know, I was no, expecting no a pirate voice. Yeah. I could be like, Squint, yeah. uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. But, um, very hey, good. I got some shout outs. Let's do it. Oh, may um, You may. I'm going to give a first shout out to Tyler Stache. We out here, in, or rather, we in here. We in Ooh. here. It's where we record. It's a good place. <laughs> That's their slogan. That's true. Tyler yeah. Station. We hey, out here. Fun fact. Ooh, we in here. Fun fact in like two or three weeks, my wife is going to be our Casa de Chunk neighbor. Interesting. <sighs> I've be never working fought right next. harder in my whole yep. life yep. to yep. not quote Borat just yep. then. Just so you know. Same here. Oh, I've never seen it. I haven't either. I haven't either. I don't care for that, but okay. everybody knows my wife. Um, I also want to give a shout out to, <laughs> to Crumb and Kettle for fueling our talks with their delicious coffee and baked goods. Yeah. So good. It makes me want to dance. More like Crump and Kettle. Nice. I literally couldn't do it without them. That's true. Also, want to give a final shout out to Podbean. Dang, there it is. <laughs> we pay you money. We put, put stuff on you. Mostly our podcast. Most the podcast. Podbean. Podbean. You introduced it as a final shout out. We're going to shout him out like next week and stuff too. Well, it's just your final last shout out. It's my your final one. It's my, it's the last, my cards are gone. I'd yes. love to give another shout out to and continue to. For this is our final one. <laughs> Story Shaped Life. Mm. Um, this is a podcast within our little family of podcasts. Um, give it a listen. Soon, they're filming right now. They kind of do a whole season filming, filming? before filming. release kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Are they video? Nope. <laughs> no, I, I just feel what? They're recording right now. Okay. On film. They're filming their voices. <laughs> uh, and then also, uh, shout out to this podcast. So we get to keep track. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it because I get to be proud for my boys. Like, we get to follow where we are on the charts, on the national, well, worldwide, honestly. Sure, on the charts. We're charts. number one in Zimbabwe, by the way. No, we're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. No, we're number not. Number one film review podcast in Zimbabwe. <laughs> to, two be clear, a to be clear, it's film and TV reviews. I think they're two separate charts of, like, movie review, film review, film and TV reviews. So Oh, so that's an even bigger deal. We've hit, I think it's an even smaller deal. We've hit Wait, the- <laughs> fil- No, no, no. That doesn't collectively have all of them? No, 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 no. no. I think we've hit the right keyword. Ah. Uh, and so. <laughs> anyways, we're the top 40. In yeah. America. Number one in Zimbabwe. Number one in Zimbabwe. So like number three in the country of Jordan. If you're not on board, well, we're gonna leave you. Sorry. But you're number one in the heart of this Jordan. You definitely since we're in the top forty of this category, does that mean we get to be on now that's what I call podcast? Yeah. Probably. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Featuring <laughs> such hits as us <laughs> and some other ones. And other <laughs> thirty-nine others. Uh <laughs> hey guys. This isn't our last episode of our show. We're gonna keep doing it. Yay! Forever. And that is a threat. Next week. We're talking about Star Wars. Goodness oh my goodness. We're going to be in the Star Wars galaxy for the, the rest thing. of 2019. I need some hope right now. Potentially a new one. Throw the old one away, get a yeah, new yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about um, before we were recording, I almost said filming uh, <laughs> today. I wanted to make sure because with the Star Wars franchise, there are a lot of, a lot of our listeners are going to be basically historians. My brothers in law know everything. Like, they're going to be like, oh, it's boop, boop, shoot. Is that like attorneys general? Basically. <laughs> Brothers-in-law. Uh, did I say it? I feel like I said it right. No, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, My brother-in-laws. I think that's what I would Brothers-in-law. Yeah. One of them actually already sent us Super Pump and Super Dump for that movie as soon as we announced it. Dillman? <laughs> yep. He's going to be shouted out a bunch probably. That's but, fun. Uh, I was like, hey, I wanted to make sure, like, because it's great for these guys, for Jordan and Doge, because they know so much about Marvel. 
we're kind of figuring out the roles we play for this podcast. But I was like, is anybody like some kind of super nerd with Star Wars? Which I'm saying, like, is that that's a good thing? Sure. It's like, and do you I have s- superpowers? I sniffed really big and pushed my glasses up the bridge of my nose and said, <laughs> "Did somebody say super nerd?" Yes. So we'll have his cape billowed in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have everyone here for you, listener. Like, you can you'll get plenty of knowledge uh, from all walks of life. So I'm excited for that big time. Probably gonna the be biggest thing we've, we're ever going to do. Yeah, gonna and Car- Carter's going to be like, wait, Luke? That's a character? <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> I really do love the Centennial Sparrow. That spaceship oh, is crazy. goodness gracious. Was that locked and loaded? That was I, a no, quick I just came That it. was great. There it is. That was really good. For more great content, <laughs> watch Star Wars and listen to us talk about it. Please. Oh, it's going to be so good. Well, oh, also, don't forget to rate and review. Yeah, that's huge. Please um, do that. Please keep doing that. Thanks. Our new goal is one million. All right, that, that's right. Yeah, Please help us is. reach our new goal of a million. One million, <laughs> one million reviews. reviews. <laughs> I think that will make us the most reviewed podcast in the world. Yeah, probably. At Number least one in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah, number yeah. one in Zimbabwe. And in our hearts. That's going to be merch, isn't it, someday? <laughs> I, I feel like it definitely should be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, hey, it's a long Zimbabwe to the top if you want to rock and roll. Good, very good. Almost too long, but perfect. (laughs) Speaking of almost too long, let's get back to that movie we were talking about. We're back! And uh, I want to talk about the Waynes. I feel like, not not Damon Wayans. The Wayans. The Wayans brothers. (laughs) I want to talk about Thomas, Martha, and Bruce. And um, thick boy Alfred, by the way. Alfredo. Big <laughs> Alfred. It's Alfredissimo. He's <laughs> evolved four. Oh it's my his God. final form. He did have four arms. That too was crazy. And it was amazing. <laughs> and he, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, he he was a he was a force to be reckoned with oh for goodness. sure. For I'm sure. assuming this is like and see, this is where my super nerd title gets in the way of me enjoying this movie. I'm wondering, like, is did you say you agree? No, I'm, I've, I, my, my nerdiness oh, also like, got in my way. That's kind of mean about yeah, me, <laughs> big idiot. Uh, <laughs> but I was wondering, like, okay, is this, is this like Batman, like Earth One, like ex British Special Forces Alfred? Dude, like, I what was thinking Alfred the same is thing. this. Yeah. I was like, is he about to snap that dude's wrist? And then he was like, nope. But that's why this shouldn't be a DC movie because there's so much baggage with these characters that we can't engage with what the movie's telling us because yeah. we're too busy trying to figure out how it fits into the stories we already know. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that more and more. Didn't feel that way when I walked out of the theater, but that's why it's good to talk about it. True. And let's talk about it because educate me. I. Personally, and there's a lot of differing opinions here, and I get that. I don't love Joker being involved in the death of the Waynes. No. Because in the in most traditional stories, it's a guy named Joe Chill. Gross. Fires the gun. And hey, it was he's like, like the bad boy on Saved by the Bell. Right. It was like the 20s, man. Well, but the, the You're big... defending that I was a little bit upset that <laughs> he was like, called hey, Joe hey, Chill. Hey, hey, Chill. Hey, hey. But <laughs> sort of the big takeaway from that is... It's it's the same idea as Captain America being shot by a nobody in the street during a parade. Ooh, the ba- the badness. You like that? The badness in Gotham can come mm-hmm. from anywhere. You don't like that? No, y'all are just giving me ammo for this next series that we do. Okay, for something I think you don't like that I do. Okay, okay, but it's just. When it's Joe Chill, it, it is so random and so painful that it, it makes sense why Batman has this vendetta against the city for a while and has to learn to protect rather than fight the city. Yeah. When it's— Because it could be anybody. 
when it's right. Joker related, it makes the it makes the beef that he has with Joker feel too personal we don't at the beginning. Need, we don't need personal beef. That's why in in uh, a few years ago, in Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's new Fifty Two run on Batman, Joker, which gets, is the best comic run to me maybe of all time, to me that's definitive modern Batman. Agreed. In their run, Joker gets into that. the Batcave. And he has a chance. I talked about this to Callie on the way he home last night. He has a chance to see who Bruce is. He chooses not to. He, he chooses, chooses not, not to. to because so it doesn't good. matter. Because so their, their lines of conflict are purely ideological. I want to talk for a minute about the role that random violence plays in the story of the Joker and the story of Batman. Right. The most widely accepted origin story for the Joker is a story called The Killing Joke. Yes. DC made an animated movie of this a few years ago. In this story, the Joker, an unnamed guy, before he becomes the Joker, uh, he's a chemical engineer. His wife is pregnant, and he does he he quit his job as a chemical engineer to be a stand-up comedian and try to mm-hmm. make it. He doesn't make it. So he gets recruited by a gang of criminals. He says, I'm going to work for you. I know this chemical engineering plant. You well, guys are going to rob it. His whole thing is, I, I, I went out on a limb. I failed. I have to provide for my wife an unborn child. Right. He agrees to work with this gang of criminals to break in through the, the playing card factory next door to the chemical plant and rob the chemical plant. Which is a very comic booky setup. It is. Oh, love it, though. It is. But it's good, right? Like, it's sure. a, a kind of good cheese that lets us hold this story at a distance and say, what is the story saying, not what is, what is this story? Um, when he's preparing to rob this place, he gets a phone call that his wife and unborn child have died in a fire. And so he doesn't know what yeah, to do. Yeah, this is all a killing joke, yeah? This right. is a killing joke. Yeah. And so he's committed to this, and so he goes with them to rob it. And part of their strategy is, hey, any accomplice that we have, we dress them up like they're our ringleader. The two criminals that he's with. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.